Father in heaven, thank you for your love for us. This morning, Lord, we do want to take time. We want time to be set apart. We want time to dwell upon your goodness toward us. We thank you, Father, for your holy word. We thank you for the prophetic writings. And Lord, we pray that as we deal with spiritual things this day, that you'll give us your Holy Spirit that we may be able to discern them, that we may discern your voice and hear you speaking to us. Father, we thank you for your promise to be here with us, and we claim that promise this day. Be with those who still may be coming, but Lord, as for each one here, we ask that uh, you would have a blessing just for them. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Came in this morning. I had this letter here. This is pretty neat. It says, Dear God, please be with Pastor Justin as he leads out in prayer. Send your angels to the girls' dorm chapel and help him answer questions about prayer and give him the answers that help teach people how to pray. Let him lead the listeners of his prayer to the Lord. We pray many will be impressed to come and pray with Elder Ringstaff. Sincerely, J2. As the J2 department. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? So I'm going to have to go and, and personally thank them. That was very kind of them. There's a little sticker on the back. He loves me. John 3.16. <laughs> I will. I will. Isn't that wonderful? The the junior department has kind of teamed up with this year. This year, Has anyone been prayed for in the campground by the J2 team? Okay, wonderful. They've had prayer stations and around the camp this year. And that's wonderful. What was that? That is, I believe, 11 and 12-year-olds. Yes, yes. I have some... Updated copies for you. I made today's a little bigger. <laughs> I saw some of your eyes yesterday. <laughs> so if you want, uh, I'm going to pass these around. If you want to uh, take one or t if you wanted an extra one, feel free. Oh. All right. And then if I, uh, if I have extras, I'll just leave them up here. If you want to grab one, you can. But just before we... Uh, get into our devotional this morning, a couple points that I want to speak about. I'd intended to just do the devotional time each day, but then they put this microphone on me and the, ca the camera, so I thought, I better give some instruction too. <laughs> yeah, amen. I hope it's been a blessing. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 63. It says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. 
your soul thirst for the living God this morning? Amen. Did your flesh long for God this morning? So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Isn't that beautiful? When you go through the Word of God, you see over and over again the, just the heart going out after God. And if you come down here to verse 6, See, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the, in the night watches. You ever just sometimes a little restless and can't sleep? Well, we can remember the Lord and meditate on Him in the night watches. I'll tell you, some of the, the most precious times I've ever had with the Lord is where He's woken me up in the night with the burden that He's placed on me and just to have that time in those night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. I love, I think it's the, the King James Version that says that uh, my soul follows hard after you. And I just love that, that language, just that there is going to be nothing between me and my Savior. There are a couple other verses that are just incredible that just show about the, the constant blessing the Lord will give as we meditate on His Word. Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then the promise, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Just the call for us to meditate on the Word of God. So as we have that morning time, that morning devotional, we want to be training our minds to keep that with us through the day to keep Jesus at our side. Of course, this is another... No, do you want to know why I picked these ones out this morning? <laughs> because these were in my memory verses that I had to uh, go over this morning. I thought, man, those are fantastic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share them. Uh, Isaiah 55. This one is uh, beautiful to me. Verse 1 and 2. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? I think, Lord, how many times have I spent my time, my energy, my thoughts for that which did not satisfy. 
and your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your soul do what? Delight itself in abundance. Of course, it's just a few verses later. It says in verse 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Oh, we have such a wonderful Savior. You know what's so... This I thought was pretty neat last night. The Lord gave me an added blessing. So, you know, I was in Isaiah last night, and, you know, I have my, uh, my reading thing. No, not that one. My, this right here. That I, you know, marks. I, okay, where am I? Oh, yeah, I was in Isaiah 9. Do you know what I read in Isaiah 9? which was neat. You'll recognize it from yesterday. So it was a special blessing to me. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. That's what we read yesterday in our devotional together. <laughs> thought, wow, that was neat. Just looking at what what blessing it is when Christ comes and lets his light shine upon this earth. I'll tell you, when we let our minds dwell upon Jesus, there will be the light and the glory of his presence. Let all those, those clouds of darkness and despair just be swept away. There's so many more, but those are just ones I had this morning. I have a couple of things I just want to I had some questions yesterday and some comments, and I thought maybe it'd be good to address those. What about, is it okay to say your prayer and read your scriptures while you're in your bed? <laughs> I'll tell you that the Lord, it's not as... It's not as important where you do it as that you take time with the Lord. And I know that, you know, especially young mothers, our children aren't as young anymore, but I remember how hard that was, and that's why you know, I took Elijah with me. But uh, I know that it's hard because you're worn out, your schedule, it's hard to keep a regular schedule and that kind of thing. The important thing is that the Lord wants to connect with us. That's what's important to remember. So if that's where it is, or if it's in a recliner, some I know some that when they kneel down to pray, they always find themselves falling asleep. So, um, And I've had that happen many times too. So they'll walk. Is that less holy than, than uh, the other? No, it's that the Lord wants us to be with Him. So some, you know, they'll have their, their study and that, but then they'll, they'll get up and they'll walk. And sometimes in the wintertime, I told you I made myself a treadmill desk. Sometimes when I am studying, or I'm reading, I walk. I don't walk fast. I walk, you know, it's like two miles an hour. <laughs> you know, it's really slow. But just it's, for me, it keeps my mind active. But, so I guess my point is, 
do what works and helps you connect to the Lord. For me, having a place that's undistracted and, uh, and that is regular has been the best help. We read in the scriptures, Jesus, he went out to a place. Do you know what that meant? He had to, he had to walk there. <laughs> so he had to walk there, and, and then uh, he had nature. I thought this morning, you know, as I was going out, you know, the grass is wet, and I just thought about how often Jesus was covered in the dew of the morning. And uh, so it wasn't probably always comfortable. <laughs> But he wasn't there. That wasn't what was on his mind. His, what was on his mind was connecting with his Father in heaven and seeking the Lord each day. So I wanted to just mention that sometimes you'll come in Scripture where you get to like the first several chapters of First uh, Chronicles, or you'll get into parts of Exodus and Leviticus, looking at the sanctuary and the, the ritual services. And they may not be the most exciting things to read. Huh? <laughs> and I understand that. Here's, here's just some thoughts. I know that there are going to be those days that are just exciting. And then there are going to be ones that I'm reading because I want to, I don't want to neglect any part. There, there's a reason why God put it in scripture. And so I read through that, but I'll tell you, uh, I'm just trying to be transparent here. <laughs> Sometimes when it's the endless genealogies and those kinds of things, I will read the Spirit of Prophecy portion on that chapter, and then I'll save those for when I'm not in my devotion time. Because I'll, I'll read them when I get to, <laughs> get to here. So sometimes I've done that. And I'll have to admit, sometimes I've read through that a little faster than I've read through other portions. <laughs> but I'm still looking for why has God included it. And sometimes you'll like, uh, is it uh, in Genesis 5, you're looking at the early genealogy. And if you're not careful, you'll miss that. That's where it says that Enoch walked with God and God took him. So right in the midst of that, you, you find this just an incredible gem. Or you get to where you have Jabez in the genealogies, you know, and he, and he has this incredible prayer, Lord, increase my territory. So, I mean, you find those kinds of gems. And then there are times where you see the, the connection between this family and then, oh, wow, they were connected. That family, oh, this was his grandson. And those things are pretty incredible too. But I, I know that sometimes it's not as exciting as, uh, you know, Jesus healing the blind man or calling Lazarus from the grave. I understand those things. Some are not as narrative in their, in the, in their writing. So that's on that. 
Sorry, this isn't more organized, but I had to do it on the, on the run here. I talked about exercise yesterday and how important that is. And I wanted to make sure that you don't, that you don't misunderstand that. If there's one area that I have the most room to grow in, it is in that. <laughs> but I do find that some days, you know, I'll only, if like on Monday morning at the office, we have worship at 8.30. So I know I can't spend, I can't go for an hour run. So I'll do a 30 minute. And then I'll do the rest of the rest of the day. My point in that was, is to get the blood flowing, let the Word of God sink into your mind. Uh, several years ago, when I was uh, training to run uh, the Detroit Marathon and then later the Chicago Marathon, which I'm not sure I'm recommending that, <laughs> but <laughs> I had to get up very early. And so I, I had so much time, because when, when you get up and you, what happens, you progressively have to train longer and longer. So you know, you're running 18 miles one morning. That's a lot of time. And I thought, well, what do I do with that time? I don't want to just waste that time. So I started listening to things while I would run. And I just have carried that over into what I do now. So I, I got the testimonies for the church on audio from Remnant. That's, you know, someone's reading that. And, I mean, I listened, I've listened to volume one all the way through nine while I've been running. <laughs> and I'll tell you, there's some times where, I mean, I'll have to stop and make notes to myself just because it was so powerful and I don't want to forget it. And, you know, I've listened through, and on one run, listened to the whole Gospel of John. And, or I'll listen to scripture songs. So I'm just saying, you don't have to let that time be wasted. So I encourage you, you know, sometimes people feel that they need a certain type of music to get them going. I'll tell you, if you let the Word of God or the right kinds of music, it will become a greater strength than you could ever imagine. They're classical music. I'm not saying all classical music, but especially like the Baroque classical music. We, it's been proven that it strengthens the mind. Uh, and I'm, I told you yesterday I'm not a nutritionist or a doctor or anything like that. But studies have shown that if you even listen to one hour of classical music a week, how that strengthens the mind. So, you know, you can put it on while you're running and getting that fresh air and that that deep breathing, learning to breathe from your diaphragm. And those things, I'm just telling you, they help. When you get the body more regular, regular in, in, in that circadian rhythm, it is a strength when it comes to your morning devotional life. And you're going to think I'm meddling here in a moment because I forgot to mention this. And this is probably one of the hardest things to overcome. But it will have a significant impact on your morning devotional life. And that is no snacking between meals and don't eat big meals at night. 
Yeah, I'm meddling now, aren't I? <laughs> I'm telling you, I've done it. Arriving in meal, big meals at night and the morning, I can tell a huge difference how clear my mind is and how much I have discernment to hear the Lord's voice. And same thing with snacking. I, and I'm not saying there's some, you know, with health and that. I'm not talking about those needs. But just the normal thing. And snacking, that includes what you drink. Try and, try and just drink water in between your meals. If you want to drink juice or whatever, you know, I'd say get rid of the soda and that kind of thing. I say that, but on Father's Day, my, my little Emma bought me. I don't drink soda very much, but she bought me uh, the kind I like when I do drink it. I haven't drunk it yet. I thought, Lord, I'm going to wait till after camp meeting. <laughs> Non-caffeinated. You know, we, those things, those habits, I'm telling you, they directly impact our mind. And how does God communicate to us? Through our mind. So I just, I want to encourage you, try to have a, a good healthy breakfast, a good healthy lunch, a very light supper. And most of the time, I, you know, I don't, I won't eat supper. If I do, I'll have, you know, light fruit or something like that. And I'll tell you, it makes a tremendous difference in the morning. And so <laughs> I'm not saying that you can't eat because I have eaten at night. Sometimes I've, you know, I've just been so hungry and I've eaten and I've thought, ah, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> and uh, so we learn from that. It's not a sin to eat. I'm not saying that. It's not a sin to, to eat supper. <laughs> But I'm saying if you want to have not just what is good, but what is extraordinary, these principles that I believe are very firmly uh, explained in the spirit of prophecy make a, a tremendous difference in our morning walk with God. All right, you still, you still uh, going to smile at me? <laughs> Okay, um, thinking. Through the day, practice not letting wrong thoughts have a place in your mind. There are some things that we don't like to do. And you know, if you've heard, you know, what uh, modern psychologists are learning, you know, you can say, I don't like it, but I can do it anyway. Instead of complaining and murmuring, try and be positive. If a thought comes to your mind about, oh, I really don't like it when they do that, don't dwell on those things. Think, Lord, how can I be a blessing to this person? If, if the devil comes in with a temptation, is it a sin to be tempted? No. What does James say? How does it become sin? We dwell on it, and then our thoughts become action. 
But Jesus made it clear that even just the thought can be sin. What did Jesus say? If you if a man looks at a woman to lust for her, what has he done? He has sinned. He's already committed adultery with her in his heart. So we want to be controlling those thoughts. And the reason why I say this is because as we start controlling the mind and how it thinks, then we can start choosing what we are going to think about. And we can learn to meditate on the Lord throughout the day. And we can start training ourselves to really walk with Jesus through that day. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you have to change the oil in your car, that you don't have to think about which wrench to grab and all those kinds of things. But we want to do it knowing that what, whatever we do, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, what do we do? It's it all to the glory of God. And when we start adding these things together, we come into that time with the Lord in the morning. What are we going to be seeking every morning? We're going to be looking for God to give us His will, His plan for the day. We're going to be saying, Lord, take my life this day and use me in your service. How does it say in Steps of Christ, I lay all of my plans at your feet. And, and we do that. And then we plead with the Lord to use us in His service. We pray for Him to abide with us and let everything we do to be done in Him. And that is the prayer of our heart. And that's the intention when we have that morning time. If you miss a day, get back up and start again. If you sleep in, well, get up and say, Lord, I slept in. <laughs> uh, help me, Lord, to get on track because I, I really need this time with you. But Lord, even before I start this day, I'm going to still take few moments that I can with you this morning. If you really mess up, then say, Lord, please forgive me, and ask him to start you again. Where is it in uh, Proverbs 24? A righteous man falls seven times, but does what? Rises again. So get back up. Don't be discouraged. Okay, I think that's, that's it. I'll probably have some more tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to pass this out. And the cards, how do you like the orange card better than the white card? <laughs> All right, I'm going to pass this around. You can take two cards because you'll need one for tomorrow morning. Okay. Mine from this morning. This was, it was such a blessing to me this morning. I wrote down, Christian love is slow to censure. Oh, what a blessing. That was to me. Christian love is slow to censure, quick to discern penitence, ready to forgive, to encourage. And how often it is that we're so quick to censure, how many things are there to be censured in our own lives? 
but how the Lord is long-suffering with each one of us. All right, so I have my Bible, I have my reading for the day, I have my card, have my notepad, have my plan. So let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, as we open your word, please guide us. Lord, speak to our hearts. Give us the Holy Spirit so we can understand holy things. Lord, you know what each one of us needs to hear today. And we know, Lord, that as we seek you, that you will give us what we need for this day. So I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 11. This is a good one to memorize. If I hadn't memorized it already, I would write it down on my notepad to memorize. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So, it's a little different when you know we're in a group like this because when you're alone with God, you can sometimes plead for things that are a little more earnest than you can when everyone is around. Isn't that true? But in this, at the beginning here, I'd be pleading for the Lord. Let me hear him calling me to come to him. Again, I'd be wanting to see Jesus looking at me, saying, yes, even you, Justin. <laughs> I'm calling even you. Because he knows my labor, and he knows how sometimes I feel heavy laden. And I know that he knows that. But Lord, help me to trust that when I come to you, you'll give me rest. Do you feel a need of rest today? This isn't just talking about a physical rest. This is talking about a spiritual rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Oh Lord, let me learn from you today. Imagine that yoke. Remember we talked about yesterday about Jesus being with us, and if Jesus was with us, maybe temptation wouldn't seem as powerful. So think of that. Think of the yoke, a yoke with a neck hole here and a neck hole here. And just imagine Jesus wearing that. He says, come here and yoke up with me. I mean, that's powerful. It says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus is so meek. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that tells me, Lord, when I feel overwhelmed, 
when I feel stressed out, when I feel anxious, what am I missing? What am I missing? I'm missing being yoked with Jesus because his yoke is easy. His burden is light. doesn't mean that there's not trial, but how we handle it is different. That's why you can have Peter and John going out from being persecuted, praising God. Paul and Silas, you know, ankles shackled probably up in the air. They're all hurt, and they're singing songs. Their minds were yoked to Christ. And they were thinking positively. <laughs> my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So you see that here at the top of um, Desire of Ages, chapter 34, the invitation, Jesus saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. These words of comfort were spoken to the multitude that followed Jesus. Are you following Jesus this morning? Yes or no? The Savior had said that only through himself could men receive a knowledge of God. He had spoken of his disciples as the ones to whom a knowledge of heavenly things had been given. So think about that for a moment. He spoke to them as the ones to whom. Have we been given a knowledge of heavenly things? Yes. We sure have. But he left none to feel themselves shut out from his care and love. All who labor and are heavy laden may come to him. So who here cannot come to Jesus? Not one. We can all go to Jesus. Scribes and rabbis with their punctilious attention to religious forms had a sense of want that rites of penance could never satisfy. How many things have I done that have not satisfied? You know, I have a tendency sometimes to, even though I know the Lord has forgiven me, sometimes I think, Lord, can you really forgive that? You know, you just, you wish that you could go back and do things differently. But there's only one thing that can satisfy, and that is trusting Jesus to take that burden. Publicans and sinners might pretend to be content with the sensual and earthly, but in their hearts were distrust and fear. I'm going to underline that. That's just powerful. Have you ever pretended to be content? Have you pretended someone comes and say, How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. <laughs> but inside you're broken. Inside maybe the heart is distrustful and fearful. Lord, I don't want that. 
kind of content, that false contentment, that pretended contentment. One thing I've prayed, and, you know, as a minister, you're in the public eye, you kind of live in a glass house, as it were. And it's one thing I've always wanted and prayed for. Lord, let me be the same in my home as I am in the public eye. Let my children not see me pretend when I'm in the pulpit. (laughs) Now, there are times where I've had to deal with difficult things, and no one's ever known it, because I... I'm not sharing my burden with those around. But I don't want to be different. I don't want my children or my wife to see me as a, a dreaded, you know, person. And then when I walk out in public, I'm going to say, oh, pastor, you know. Think about that for all of us, though. Let's not pretend. Let's not pretend. Jesus looked upon the distressed and heart burdened, those whose hopes were blighted and who with earthly joys were seeking to quiet the longing of the soul, and he invited all to find rest in him. So we're pleading for the Lord to give us that rest even this day. Tenderly he bade the toiling people. What does tenderly mean? What kind of preacher was Jesus? What does a tender voice sound like? You know, Revelation 1, it talks about his voice is at the sound of many waters. What is a tender voice? Just listen, try and imagine that voice, Jesus sharing this with you. Think of the most tender voice you've ever heard and imagine that Jesus is speaking to you that way. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Jesus speaks to us with that tender voice. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. In these words, Christ is speaking to every human being. So he's speaking that to me. Hallelujah. Whether they knew it or not, all were weary and heavy laden. Maybe there's someone here today that doesn't feel it. Doesn't feel that heavy laden care. But whether you know it or not, we carry that unless... We have come to Christ. All are weighed down with burdens that only Christ can remove. And this sentence here is powerful. The heaviest burden that we bear is what? The burden of sin. Think about this for a moment. Let your mind scan your life. Has sin ever brought happiness? Maybe for a moment. Maybe for just a brief season. But it wasn't a true happiness. 
the heaviest burden we bear is the burden of sin. If we were left to bear this burden, it would crush us. It would crush us. There may be someone here today or someone that will be listening to this later that feels that crushing burden of sin. But the sinless one has taken our place. He's taken your place. Isaiah 53, 6, The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, Isaiah 53 is one of the chapters that the Spirit of Prophecy says that we should memorize. That's one of the chapters that we should put, commit to memory. And uh, it's a beautiful picture of the humble servant, Jesus Christ, our Savior. He has borne the burden of our guilt. He will take the load from our weary shoulders. He will give us rest. The burden of care and sorrow also He will bear. He invites us to cast all our care upon Him, for He carries us upon His heart. Imagine that. Jesus is carrying you upon His heart right now. Just imagine Jesus. Look at your name written on His heart. I mean, just imagine it. Jesus is in the most holy place, and He is carrying you upon His heart. That's your Savior. I mean, it's... Doesn't that not just make you love him? The elder brother of our race is by the eternal throne. He looks upon every soul who is turning his face toward him as the Savior. So I'm thinking, Lord, where, is my, where am I looking? Is my face turned towards you? He knows by experience what the weaknesses of humanity what are, want, what are our wants and where lies the strength of our temptations? What are my weak areas? For some, it may be diet. Others, it may be lust. Others, it may be using time unwisely. Others, it may be a poor attitude. Others, it may be a critical spirit. The devil has... Learned us well. And he know every one of us, the devil knows those things that are our weakest points. But Jesus knows what our weaknesses are. Jesus knows. He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He is watching over you, trembling child of God. Is Jesus here right now watching us? Is he really? He is. Are you tempted? He will deliver. Are you weak? He will strengthen. Are you ignorant? He will enlighten. Are you wounded? He will heal. The Lord telleth the number of the stars, and yet he healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Come unto me is his invitation. Whatever your anxieties and trials, spread out your case, case before the Lord. So what are your anxieties and trials? 
what are they? You know, at this point, I'd probably <laughs> write a couple of those down that I'm going to be pleading for, <laughs> saying, Lord, help me with this. Lord, for some reason, this always makes me anxious. And I want you to give me victory over that. You know, when every time my son does that, oh, I could just wring his neck, you know? <laughs> Lord, give me victory over that. Every time this happens at work, I just feel like quitting. Lord, let me not be anxious like that. So I'm going to be pleading for those. I can spread my case out to the Lord. I mean, what is my case? It's nothing that I, I have no, nothing that I can give. I can say, Lord, this is what I am. And I know that you can help me. Your spirit will be braced for endurance. Amen. So that's a promise I can claim. Lord, you have promised that my spirit will be braced for endurance. What does endurance uh, mean? It's not just a moment, right? <laughs> that means it may be a, it may be a, a battle, right? There may be something that you're dealing with that's not going to have a quick fix. But the Lord is going to brace you for that endurance. And He will be victorious. The way will be open for you to disentangle yourself from embarrassment and difficulty. Wow! You know, for me, probably the... Some of the most challenging things about mistakes is that they are embarrassing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so we don't want to admit them. But look at that. The way will be open for you to disentangle yourself from embarrassment and difficulty. And, you know, I'm just, you know, we're doing this together, so I'm just thinking about this right now. What causes me to be embarrassed, Lord? It's self. So, you know, I was, you know, I was talking, I was thinking, how is the Lord going to keep me from being embarrassed? Because there's, there's some things that happen, it's just people are going to know, but He can disentangle me from embarrassment because He can take away a love for self that I don't have to be embarrassed because I want God to be glorified, not me. Embarrassment is kind of a, maybe I'm wrong, but it's a, a kind of a pride, selfish thing, isn't it? Wouldn't it be amazing that the Lord can free us from that? The weaker and more helpless you know yourself to be, the stronger will you become in His strength. Say, Lord, I can't do it, but I'm going to believe that you can do it. I want to be as that child. The heavier your burdens, the more blessed the rest in casting them upon the burden bearer. 
you want to cast that burden of sin. It reminds me of, you know, Pilgrim's Progress and Christian making his way to the cross, loaded down with that burden of sin. And he sees the cross and the burdens are rolled away. Oh, what a rest that is. The rest that Christ offers depends upon conditions, but these conditions are plainly specified. They are those with which all can comply. There is not one condition that the Lord is asking me to do that I cannot comply with. He tells us just how his rest is to be found. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says. The yoke is an instrument of service. Cattle are yoked for labor, and the yoke is essential that they may labor effectually. By this illustration, Christ teaches us that we are called to service as long as what? So am I committing myself just for a moment? No, I'm committing myself for my life. And sometimes when we think of a commitment like that, we can shrink back from it. But that just shows us how much more we need Jesus to take away that burden, those selfish desires, so we don't have to pretend to be content. We can be truly content in Him. We are to take upon us His yoke that we may be co-workers with Him. The The yoke that binds to service is the law of God, the great law of love revealed in Eden, proclaimed upon Sinai in that new covenant written in the heart, is that which binds the human worker to the will of God. So what is it? The law of God and the new covenant, right? If we were to were left to follow our own inclinations to go just where our will would lead us we should fall into satan's ranks and become possessors of his attributes so what are my inclinations i mean what is an inclination yeah like a natural tendency it's just we're kind of prone to it and we have those that are cultivated, you know. Say that I'm trying to, I'm just finding out about the health message and I'm trying to get rid of caffeine in my life. Well, I may be prone, I may have an inclination. It's a hot day, instead of going to get that glass of water, I'm leaning to get that caffeinated drink, right? Yeah. Or if I feel in the morning, oh, I'm just tired. I, the natural inclination is to get that And as we follow our own inclination, what's happening to the character? By beholding, we become changed. Therefore, God confines us to His will, which is high and noble and elevating, He desires that we shall patiently and wisely take up the duties of service. The yoke of service Christ himself has borne in humanity. He said, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. 
love for God, zeal for His glory, and love for fallen humanity brought Jesus to earth to suffer and to die. This was the controlling power of His life. This principle He bids us adopt. That is a point to meditate on. What was the what was the controlling power of Christ's life? It was love for God, zeal for his glory, and love for fallen humanity. So what was the controlling power of his life? Love for God. Zeal for his glory and love for fallen humanity. So I might put that in my prayer. Lord, help me to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. Just pray, Lord, give me a love for you. Give me a love for your righteousness. Give me a love and a zeal for your glory. When I have a zeal for his glory, am I going to be embarrassed? <laughs> I might be remorseful. I might be ashamed that I brought shame on the Lord. But I want a zeal for his glory. And Lord, give me love for fallen humanity. If Christ had that as a controlling power of his life, I want to adopt that principle for my life. So I'd pray and I'd plead for that. So did you find something to write down? Not every day you'll see, not every day you will get through a whole, I, I even got the shorter ones to try and get through the whole thing. But you'll see that it's not just reading through it. You're digesting it. You're praying it. You're meditating on it. So write down something that you're wanting to remember. For me, I'm writing down the controlling power of Christ's life. So I just wrote, the controlling power of his life. I just listed them underneath. Love for God. Zeal for his glory. Love for fallen humanity. There was something I was dealing with in my life that I felt entangled and trapped in, you know, I might write down this one. Whatever your anxieties and trials, spread out your case before the Lord. You know, I might be dealing with that, or maybe I'm afraid of what people are going to find out. I might say, Lord, you're going to open the way for me to be disentangled from embarrassment and difficulty. Lord, I'm going I'm to pray that you help me as I give my life to you today. So whatever that is, write that down.
And then I'm going to have that. And then I'm going to go to my knees in prayer. And then I'm going to have a song for the Lord to sing, for me to sing to him. It, it may seem awkward at first to sing when you're all alone. <laughs> I just started that a few years ago. Sometimes I would think about it, and I would start, and then I'd feel embarrassed. But I learned something new about embarrassing meant today, you know. <laughs> Sometimes I think, you know, what do the angels think of me, you know? <laughs> Here they sing all this glory to God, and, and I can't even stay on key. But I thought, no, early in the morning, I'm going to lift my voice and I'm going to sing to my God. Do you know that the Bible says that God will sing over us? Is that uh, Zephaniah 3, 17? So we'll have a song for that. So what I'm going to do now so I'm going to have a, a prayer for the recording's sake. But then, because class isn't over yet, <laughs> so what I want to do, I'm going to take the next 10 minutes. I'm going to go to my knees. You can go to your knees. You can stay seated. You don't have to do it silently because we're in this setting. But I'm going to encourage you to, to start learning to pray out loud. I don't always pray out loud like I'm talking now. It may be in a, a whisper at times. But I find that when I pray out loud, my mind doesn't wander. It's when I stop and I start praying silently that my mind starts to wander. And there are times where I'm just quiet and I want the Lord to speak to me and have to make sure my mind doesn't wander. But, but here we'll pray silently for 10 minutes. And then we're going to sing a song. And where'd my piano player go? Oh, yes. Uh, we'll sing uh, 567, Nearer, Still, Nearer. And then we'll finish. So let's take 10 minutes, but I'm going to, I'm going to uh, close with prayer and ask the Lord to bless our prayer time with Him this morning. Oh, Father in heaven, What a picture of Jesus that you've given us today. That he's calling me. My name is written upon his heart. That his voice speaking to me is the tenderest, sweetest sound my ear could ever hear. No condemnation. No fault-finding spirit. No, see, I told you so. Only a call for us to come to Him and be yoked to Him that we may find rest for our soul. Oh Lord, please speak to our heart in these few moments. Lord, I pray that you'd draw very near and we would hear you speak to us that you may hear us 
the sincerity of our heart, Lord, speak to you. I pray it in Jesus' name. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.